I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's mentally yours. From Ellen and Yvette, a focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, I'm Yvette. And I'm Ellen. And this is Mentally Yours, our weekly podcast on all things mental health. So we've got a really cool girl coming in now, um, Jo Irwin. She's been writing for me on the blogs team for a while now. And I'm really excited um, because I've never actually met her. Um, but she's coming in and she's chatting to us about anxiety and depression. When you started um, sharing stuff online and through blogs, were you worried or nervous? Had you um, told people in your life as well? I had done, yeah. but only like my nearest and dearest, not everybody. Yeah. And obviously having being somebody that worries pretty much professionally. Yes. Um, putting anything on the internet was another cause of concern for me. But I think after I'd done a couple and realised that actually people were reading them and it was helping mm. them as well as helping me by getting it on paper it kind of became less scary. It still really is scary. Yeah. Every time one goes, you just think, oh my God, you're really opening yourself up um, to a load of questions and a load of people stopping you at the coffee machine at work and going, you, really? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, but yeah, I think the wider reason for doing it means that people are reading it and hopefully it's helping. So that's kind of stopped the worry a little sure. bit. <laughs> yeah. So how did it first affect you? Sort of what sort of age did you start to realise things were... Not quite right. Um, I had my first really major panic attack when I was 22, mm-hmm. and it kind of highlighted to me a lot of things that had probably been going on for a lot of years. When I sit back and think about it now, I've felt that way since being a really small child, but it only really manifested itself in my actions and like physical things that happened at yeah, the age of 22. Um, 
So I let it go for a little while and then realised that having panic attacks everywhere and every day was mm. just really debilitating and I did get really depressed on the back of them. So then I just sort of sought some medical help after that. So I think I was about 23 when I got diagnosed. I'm not someone that's ever had a panic attack. Could you ex kind of give me a sort of explanation or sort of describe it to me in any way you want? Like, I don't know, colours or pictures or somehow. Terrible. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ellen knows. Um, they're horrific. Like, honest, and people say it, and when I read about them beforehand, I was always just like, you are being so over the top. The first one I ever had, I remember I was sitting at the end of my then boyfriend's bed and I stood up to go and get a glass of water and I literally just thought, I'm having a heart attack. My dad had had a heart attack two yeah. years before and I remember thinking, this is how he felt. This is exactly what he went through. My chest felt like it had a belt round it. I couldn't catch my breath. And I had like a real physical number countdown happening in my brain mm. and I could see them. It was like going 10 and it, nine, eight and really slowly. And in my head, I just thought when it gets to zero, I'm dead, like I'm mm. gonna die. So I was honestly that convinced. I remember like laying on the floor and I was sweating and crying and convinced that it was that was it. Yeah. And also being so annoyed with everyone around me for not calling an ambulance or getting me some help. But yeah. fortunately I was in company of someone that had one and he was just like, She's having a panic attack, that's, that's what's happening. Good. We don't if we call an ambulance, it's gonna get worse. Um and then after that, even though you know what they are, because you are so worried and you're an anxious person, you then think, hang on a minute. This could be a panic attack. Yeah. Or, or I could be dying or this I, time. This actually is me dying. Yeah. And this time I've ignored it and then I will be dead. And now I'm panicking some more. Exactly. And now I'm sweating and crying, uh, you know, anywhere you are, really. So, yeah, they don't really get easier until you learn how to manage them. Yeah. I don't think. How do you, how do you manage them? Do you have, like, techniques for just kind of getting them over with quickly or, like, speeding them up? Exercise for me. Yeah. The minute I take my eye off the ball and don't walk... At least, yeah. I have to walk somewhere every day. I have to, from the station, around the block, I have to go for a walk every day and, and exercising normally. If I take my eye off the ball, I know they're coming. Yeah. And I get really weird symptoms. Like, I have a really bad cold for, like, two days and I get really severe deja vu for, like, 24 hours. That's really interesting. And I'm just like, here it comes. It's coming, it's coming. And even yeah. when it starts, I, I still then think, maybe yeah. this time it is a stroke. Maybe this time it is something really severe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is honestly just exercise and looking after myself that keeps them in check for me. For sure. I think I'm similar. I know that if I don't get enough sleep or I'm not eating yeah. healthily, they'll just start coming in, like, every day. Yeah. I can see it happening, but I'm just like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, I'm over it's them this time. Fine. Like, I'm all right now. Exactly. You're like, no, you're really not. <laughs> How long did they last? The first one I ever had lasted for, like, an hour. Wow. I've had ones that have lasted ten minutes, ones yeah. that have lasted three. I've had ones that have been so bad that they've knocked me out and ended in hospital it just varies really yeah. I mean they've been really severe ones but I have no idea how long they last because I think I'm not aware of like time passing when they're happening no do you find that as well because everything just stops yeah so I have I genuinely have no clue mm. which is really weird I know that I can speed them up now because now if I have one at work I'll just go to the toilet power through it do breathing and then I can be out and it's all fine I'll be done in like five minutes yeah which is good that's, that's amazing. That's amazing to be able to control them like that. Extreme technique. That is extreme skills. Yes, it really is. You mentioned with one of them you ended up in hospital. Mm. It sounds really brutal, but I hyperventilated so badly that I collapsed. Oh, Fortunately, I was with a friend of mine who was absolute angel about yeah. it, and it couldn't rouse me because I just yeah got my breath so out of um, kilter. And yeah, they couldn't calm me down for ages in the ambulance in the hospital. It was only when somebody's like, "We're going to need to give her." Valium yeah. now 
because otherwise she's going to go again. But I was just like, right, this is ridiculous. I need to control this. Is there any sort of advice or anything you sort of say to anybody who's just had their first one? Advice-wise, I would say as much as you can not to fear the next one. Mm. I think if you've had one, you kind of need to expect that they're going to come again. Yeah. Instead of just being like, that was one off and I'm going to be fine. You need to just be like, right, in the next few days, it's likely that one of these is going to happen again. Mm. And I know that it won't be as scary because I know that last time I didn't die. I didn't have a stroke. I didn't, this awful thing that I thought was going to happen to me didn't. And as much as you can at the time, you need to keep that in your head. But you just need to be prepared for the fact that they are going to come again. What advice do you have, you know, for if you're around someone and they have a panic attack because I find that really difficult like my brother doesn't know what he's supposed to do yeah no one's sure like the best way to help someone who's having a panic attack yeah what do you think is the what what would help honestly and this probably is a little bit like left field ignore it as much as you can because the more attention that is paid to me when I have one the more I freak out because I'm just like oh my god everyone's looking at me oh my god everyone's like who's the lunatic in the corner and that makes it worse yeah so if I if yeah, some, I would say that. See it and go, right, I'm going to give you five minutes. You know, I'm right here. If you want to cuddle or you want to cry, I'm right here, but yeah. I'm not going to play up to the panic attack. And the other thing I would say is always go and get somebody either a Mars bar or something sugary. Because when they stop, the adrenaline kicks in and it is literally like you've just had a race with a tiger and you shake from head to foot and the only thing to stop it is sugar water or something chocolatey. So just go and do that. Be like, I'm, I'm off to go and get your thing that you're going to need in 10 minutes. Just, yeah, and don't stare at them and go, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, or panic. Sometimes I yeah. find other people panic because I'm panicking. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know what to do. It's like, yeah. it's fine. I'll deal with it in a second. And yeah. then I'll reassure you once I'm done panicking myself. Yeah. Have you had any comedy moments that have come out of your anxiety or panic attacks? My nature is to completely take the mick out of all of them yeah. because that's my way of doing it. I had a really bad one at work once. And bless all the boys in my office did not know what to do. And I got myself in such a state, like I was so upset and so mortified that it was happening. And I was crying. <laughs> I was crying so badly. But my manager didn't want to leave the room that I was in. And like, the tears and the snot were streaming everywhere. And he just gave me the back of his hand to like Aww. wipe my nose on. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> also gross. Yeah. Just and the next day I was just like, I can't believe I wiped my snotty nose on your hand because you didn't want to leave me alone. That's probably one of the better ones. The first one I ever had, my boyfriend at the time had a um, bath, a mat like at the end of his bed. Yeah. That was like a rug kind of situation. And I fell down on that when I was couldn't breathe. And I remember it got to like number two on the countdown in my head of me yeah. like going to leave this mortal coil. And I remember looking down and being like, it's not a mat or a rug, it's a fucking bath mat. That's what he's done. And I'm going to die on a bath mat. <laughs> in someone's room because he was too tight to go and buy like a proper oh bit of floor furniture and that seemed to get me out of it because I was more concerned about his choice in home interiors than I was about my mental stability at the time did so. you break up after that not after that <laughs> wasn't I wasn't down to the bath mat I was okay fine. how has um anxiety and mental health affected your dating life oh my god mm. <laughs> massively there was one guy in particular that I know, if I look back now, yeah. my anxiety was causing me to behave, like, completely manically. Yeah. Like, I would check... Every time I sent a message, I would reread it, like, a million times and then worry if he didn't reply instantly, Same. convince myself that he was sleeping with somebody else. And then when he did get in touch, I was just really shirty yeah. and then worried and then wondered why he didn't call again. Yeah, he just looked back and think, oh, my Lord, what was I doing? I think my main thing is that I just 
can't go on dates with people because I'm scared. I'm just sure they're going to be murderers. I think that's a common one. No, so, no, yeah. it's a genuine concern. It's a genuine thing. Oh, I get there and I like. I think that's it. He's definitely married. He's 100% oh. married. He's 100% married or, you know, like... Do you check for rings? Oh, I, like, I go fully in. Like, if I've okay. got any bit of information about them, like, yeah. pre-date, I'm all over the internet. That's and good. it does me no favours because there's certain things that you never need to know about yeah. people, but then you know them and they're pre... It's just... It's a minefield yeah it really it honestly is and then it's when you get a few weeks in that's my that's my big worry time because then i'm just like <gasps> where's this going do i actually want to marry you maybe i don't and he's sitting there thinking i'm never marrying you because you're manic <laughs> but it mm. just goes through your head yeah. over and over again and it's just yeah every little thing 100 yeah, i think it's difficult 100%. in the beginning stages as well because you do you tell people up front people that i've been seeing for a few a little while i might just sort of say you know, in the past, I used to have a bit of a... And, like, bring it in like that. Yeah. Mm. But, which is silly. You should be able to just be honest about it, but there's still some arenas that you feel like you can't... Do you worry that. that it will make people not want to date you? Oh, my God, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think that's oh, yeah. common. Yeah, really and truly. Because it was my biggest, one of my biggest things was just that I was never good enough to be in a relationship in the first yeah. place. So then if they found out about that, they would 100% run away. Same. And I was just, yeah, completely convinced of that. So... Mm. And then you spend so long hiding it that that yeah. makes it worse. Yeah, and then you have to wait for, like... Well, you have to decide when to do, like, the big reveal, yeah. as yeah. I call it. So, like, yeah, long-term relationships, I'd keep it for, hidden for ages. And then after, like, about a year, be like... By the way, yeah. bipolar, what do you think about that, then? Did you do, like, a sit-down conversation? Yeah. Or uh, just casual? Yeah. Well, you can't make it casual. Yeah. Um, what I found helps is going for a walk because then you're talking next to somebody instead yeah. of face-to-face, and that's easier. That's quite a good trick. Uh, that, yeah, a little tip for you there. Yeah. I had one a little while ago that decided to open up about his own mental health problems, so then okay. I thought, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Now's the time. Yeah. So I kind of sort of went, oh, yeah, because I've struggled with that in the past and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. instead of going, oh, really? He just talked over me oh, for another God. hour about all of his own problems oh. and then worried, wondered why I'd kind of... That's really distant. Weird. It was really bizarre. And I, and I kept saying, oh, yeah, I, I've been in counselling too. Like, should we have a chat about that? No, no, no. It was his, it was his time and he was not stopping. Was he confused? Did anyone. he think it was a counselling session? Perhaps. Instead of a date? Yeah, except it was like two bottles of wine down mm. in a really dodgy pub. I and I was like, this, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. That's a, that's a shame because it's like that's yeah. something you could connect with on common ground. Completely. And just completely wasted and I, that I completely understood him and a few elements of his behaviour so much better the minute he told me. Yeah. I I just thought if we could have this chat now, but you're, he was gone. He was, yeah, one way, one way track. He wasn't turning back from that one. One thing that we haven't asked is one of my favourite questions, which is um, weird thoughts your brain has had at 4am. I'm trying to think what the weirdest, I mean, they're always really odd. I mean, by the time it's four o'clock in the morning, you're just like, I might as well just not even bother because <laughs> yeah. I am the pits and my rooms are state and like, you just point everything out. Night times are the worst. Yeah. yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How sort of like little things, mm. you start to have sort of more significance. Like, yeah, your room will be sort of messy and all of a sudden that will be... That will be that's the thing. A, that's another reason why you're yeah. a failure or whatever. Yeah, and that's the thing that then keeps you awake because then you think about all the things that you probably need to go out and buy to enable you to have a tidy space around you. Mm. Then convince yourself that that will clear your brain out. So you mm. do it the next day and you're still laying there at 4 o'clock the next morning going, oh, <laughs> that didn't work. My bad thoughts are usually before bed mm. and typically there'll be stuff like, you definitely didn't shut the door, so I'll go down and check it. 
and then I'll come back up and I'll be like, actually, you didn't really shut it though. You just opened it again, which is doesn't make sense, but my memory will just pretend yeah. that it has. So I'll go down again and I'll do it about seven times and then eventually I'll be like, you need to just ignore this and attempt to go to sleep and just accept if the door's open and someone comes in and kills you, it's fine, you know? <laughs> You're asleep. You it's really the big murder thing with you. Yeah, honestly, murder, really? murder, home invasion, and house fires are my three big things. Wow. Yeah. Big, Mine's big fears. Kidnap. Kidnap. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Yeah. I. I. <laughs> I've never told it's anybody exciting. this, by the way, including paid therapists. Yeah. On my way to the station every day, it always goes through my brain that this 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 could this, yeah. this be it. This van's gonna pull up, and I watch too much telly, too much of Taken yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I think if that van pulls up right by the lights, that guy looks well shifty. Yeah, he's definitely gonna open the doors. Definitely gonna kidnap me, and I'm never gonna see any of this again. And then I just get really Do you think, panicked is about that, that. Caused by like watching too much TV, or have you ever you haven't been kidnapped? No, no, I've never okay. been kidnapped. Cool. It's not like it's from past <laughs> experience. Maybe it is. To, I think it's just a really overactive. Imagi- yeah. I've always had an overactive imagination. It's that and running out of time is my biggest thing. Yeah, like I'm convinced that I need to do everything this year. Like, and when it doesn't happen, then I, again, it's the self-loathing because you failed sort of yeah. thing, rather than just thinking actually I'm only 27 and there's loads of time to do loads of stuff. Stop stressing. Exactly. I get myself in such a wound-up ball about wasting time and running out of time. Yeah. Don't know why. It's like I'm secretly convinced that maybe I'll get kidnapped and then I'll have no more time to do anything. they're connected. Maybe that's what it is. I think, like, the time frame thing, someone told me something really useful, which was um, if someone told you their achievements, like, oh, I wrote a book, you'd be like, oh, but you're 28, who cares? It's like, whereas for yourself, you're like, oh, I have to have done it by the time I'm 24 or I have to do it by then. It's like, it's still an achievement regardless of what age you are. And I always stick with the the fact that Alan Rickman only became an actor at 46. Exactly. He was a graphic designer before then. What? And then he decided that he wanted to change a job. So then if I'm ever feeling like that, that does settle my brain, that one fact. If I ever find out that's not true. It's true. It's definitely true. Yeah, I'm going to go mad. We haven't talked much about what's kind of helped your anxiety. Being honest about the fact that I have it, rather than just people passing it off as me being rude, flaky, mm. a bit of a shit sometimes, to be honest, if they understand. It's, it's no, by no means an excuse, because sometimes I am all of them things and it's nothing to do with my anxiety. Mm. But, yeah, it's definitely the being honest and open thing. The biggest thing was telling my parents about it. That was a, a massive thing. Um, and I do honestly think like a healthy way of living. Like if I go out and I drink too much, like, you know, if I'm out, yeah. you know, a lot of nights of the week or I have a really busy weekend, like my brain can't cope with that anymore. Yeah. And I know that now. So it's just about managing that, mm-hmm. getting too tired, having late nights. It's just, it all just, you just hit crumbling point yeah. by like Sunday and you just, then I can't handle it all. I need, and I need to have enough time at home. That's my biggest thing. Like, I need silly little things. But if my washing gets out of hand or I don't feel like I've had enough time to be at home to do my writing because work's been crazy, it's all of them things. It's just about living a bit more of a simpler kind of life and not feeling like I've got to be here, there and everywhere all of the time, just saying no to a few things. Yeah. That, that helps me. You kind of mentioned that sort of just being honest and stuff. And people might think you were rude, but why would they think that you were rude? Because I know I've known myself sometimes when at the height of my anxiousness, 
like decline going out for work drinks or out for birthdays of people that I wasn't comfortable with mm-hmm. repeatedly and just being like no sir I can't make it because I, I had I didn't want to lie and say that I had plans so I didn't mm-hmm. but the thought of being in that social situation drove me to a point that yeah. I didn't I didn't want to go through it and I didn't know them well enough to say like actually hanging out with a load of randoms on a Wednesday night when there's lots of drink involved really yeah. freaks me out a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. so then I sometimes thought that people might think that I was being rude or just off and slightly unsociable. Yeah. Thanks very much, Joe. That was brilliant. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A podcast on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. things that my brain has told me at well just 4am or just generally uh, my brain has told me quite a lot of weird shit because I'm bipolar and so I've had lots of manic episodes during those manic episodes um, I've yeah my brain has told me some very weird stuff possibly the weirdest stuff that it's told me is that I was being stalked by uh, quite a famous musical celebrity um, yeah Eminem I believe that he was stalking me which is yeah. perfectly normal obviously um, so yeah, that was quite bizarre. Do you know how that kind of started? Like, he wasn't actually stalking you? Well, I don't think he was stalking me, no. Um, no, of course he wasn't. But at the time, I had that delusion. I think it might have been because at the time, you know, he was like massive in the charts. I mean, you know, obviously he's still big now, but it was when he was peak Eminem. Um, and yeah, I think I'd just been, because I'm really into that kind of music anyway, I'd been listening to the album over and over and over. And I think somehow my brain had just sort of latched onto it somehow. Yeah and been like, he's actually here. Quite a scary prospect as well, Eminem following you around. Well, it wasn't, because I quite fancied him. It was re- The whole thing was just so weird. I had it again at another time when I was also delusional, and I ended up dumping a boyfriend over it. Same Eminem again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's very interesting. Did you give that as the reason for why you broke up? No, I th- well, the thing is, I didn't give him a reason because I was basically yeah. spiralling, so I didn't give him any reason. Well, we are really very angry about this shit. Yes, we are really very angry about this shit. Something I'm pissed off about this week is people just bashing pills in general as a way to get better. Yeah. Like I saw this meme where they had a picture of an antidepressant pill and the big words were like, this is not an antidepressant. And then there was a picture of the forest and it said, this is an antidepressant. And I was just like, that's so stupid because the pill is quite clearly an actual antidepressant. That's just a picture of forest. Yeah. And I thought it was dumb. And I just hate the moralizing of pills are not the correct way to get better or they're not as good as doing something else. Yeah, I think people are a bit scared of pills, aren't they? And also there's that feeling that, oh, yeah, that you're somehow weaker maybe if you take pills. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, if you can just battle on through it with your own sort of morals or something, that's the better way to deal with it. For sure. And I think also I hear so many horror stories as well. Like when I said that I was going to start taking pills, literally everyone and their mum was like, oh, I know about this one person. She got like completely addicted and had the shakes and stuff like that. It's like, but there are so many people who it works for, yeah. and I don't hear those stories as much, which really pisses me off as well. I think that's that is really annoying. 
the kind of moralizing over pills. Just um, when I sort of, it took me ages to sort of get up the guts, I suppose, to go on antidepressants. Um, but when I finally did, it made such a huge difference, massive. And um, I remember my mum just saying, it's, you know, given back my daughter. Um, so, yeah, whereas someone just sort of saying, oh, well, why don't you just go for a nice walk in a forest, then you'll feel better. The thing is that if you're at the sort of point where, like, you can't get out of bed and you're just feeling suicidal, you're not going to do that. So, so sometimes you just need kind of that kind of chemical lift yeah to be perfectly honest and i think like antidepressants and other medication allow you to get to that point where you can start doing things that will help you to feel better yeah that's it it's kind of like using the pills with therapy and cbt exactly self-care as well yeah um but but i just think anyone bashing pills if they're working for someone else it's just it's not helpful to anyone and it makes people scared to ask for help that might be of a big benefit to them yeah and the other thing about pills is you have to remember that you know the first one might not even work for you so yeah. it, you might have to try a few and then you know exactly it's like dating isn't it you know find the one that works yes. for you and they'll be fine but with more side effects yeah with more side effects yeah. possibly so this is goodbye from mentally from mentally, 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 yours, mentally, yours, mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please ring the Samaritans on 116123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. Mentally Yours is a weekly podcast on mental health issues brought to you by metro.co.uk. Our producer is Sam Bonham and our jingles are the glorious creation of Lucy Baker. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.